This episode of Seize the A is brought to you by GHD Unplugged. Confidence you can carry with you for good hair days anytime, anywhere. Why as humans do we put pressure on ourselves to know I can't change my mind because this is what I decided when I was 18 years old, so I'm going to stick to it. But also be willing to make that mistake as well. Don't be scared of having regret because you know what? You can make a decision, whether that is work relationships, like anything, and you are allowed to change your mind. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. So I've been feeling this a lot lately and was starting to wonder if it was just me until I started getting quite a few messages from you guys also remarking that our guests lately seem to have been just who we needed to hear from to get through the tumultuous past few weeks with most of the nation in and out of lockdown. And this week, the universe has delivered yet again with the delightful Sophie Keisha on the very day she announced her brand new book, sparking an incredible conversation about navigating life's unexpected twists and turns with grace, strength, and positivity. You might notice it's come out a little earlier than usual, and I skipped our Years of Our Lives episode to get it out on time while the news is still hot off the press. Besides, who even knows the word schedule anymore anyway? I barely remember what day it is. This chat highlights one of the things I love so much about this show, the opportunity and privilege of sitting down with people many of you have heard of, but whose eloquence and poise often gets glossed over with our very short attention spans on social media. Even in my own research, it was pretty hard to get past Sophie's marriage to, then separation from, Jared Keisha, current same-sex relationship with her partner Maddie, and a very wonky chronology of everything in between. But I think you'll hear pretty quickly what a switched-on, emotionally intelligent and articulate woman Sophie is, making the news of her memoir, Then There Was Her, just so exciting. Add four successful businesses to her belt, two beautiful children, and the fact that she's only 30 years old and just getting started and you've got a serious force to be reckoned with, who I hope you'll gain as much from as I did. Soph, take two. Welcome to Seize the A. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, little tech issues. I'm glad you're on that end and not me because I'm actually hopeless at this stuff. Oh, my gosh. Thank God we've had 18 months of practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for jumping on the show. It means so much. I mentioned just before that I've wanted to ask you for so long and in this crazy, unprecedented COVID land have just been terrible mm. at doing anything on my to-do list. But the divine timing of the universe Universe saw that you had an announcement so it's worked out perfectly it worked out beautifully and and likewise I had seen you do a interview recently with Abby Chatfield that I was listening to and, and laughing along with and I was like <laughs> that is one 
podcast I want to do. And then you emailed and it's just meant to be. Our stars have aligned. Oh, yep. that's so beautiful. Well, I'm so, so excited to jump into your news and just so thrilled for you and honored to be able to share it with the neighborhood. But I start every episode first with a little bit of context to your journey, to how you got here today, because I think we often mm-hmm. meet someone at a chapter in their life and assume it's always been that smooth. They've always had mm-hmm. that much direction, but it's definitely not usually the case. No. But also uh, I love to break the ice with a little question just about what the most down-to-earth thing is about you. And if anyone already follows you, they'll know you are wonderful at this. Your approach to motherhood Mm. and family and the the behind-the-scenes of business is so refreshing. But what would you say is the thing that breaks down the glossy surface of your identity? Oh, it's funny because if anything I get critiqued online, it's that I'm a cashed up bogan, which I always <laughs> laugh at because I'm like, you know what, I'll claim that. I'll take that because I'm, I'm never going to pretend to be something I'm not. And I think that's why I've always been, you know, had this really organic and authentic following on social media because through all of it and and yes absolutely I'm not shy I don't I never shy away from that um I do like some you know fancy things in life and I and I work very hard for what I have now and I love a you know holiday and and all of that side but on the other hand like I played local footy and you know my, my dream date is to sit on the couch and watch sport I'm actually beautifully dressed up the top but as we all know I've got trackies and basically Ugg boots down the bottom and something I really like when I meet people in the public is I'm always shocked when they go oh you're so normal and I'm like well of course I am you know I am still a human and I think that's something that I've definitely learned and been able to take away from working in this space where people sort of feel like they know you and then perhaps they don't or they get to see a different side and I've met some really cool people in in my time working in this space. I've met some very big celebrities. And at the end of the day, you do realize we're all just people. Mm. We're all just humans. So, you know, some very high profile people I've met and almost been like, Sophie, don't bang girl, don't embarrass yourself. I'm like, (laughs) oh, she's just a mum at the airport as well whose kid's screaming and she's got yogurt all down her top as well. So I just love the normality, I think, that I pride myself on. You know, I'm at school pickup, at drop off in my filthy, you know, dirty clothes. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not ever going to, you know, I, I can have both sides. I can have professional working woman, but I can just as easily rock mum at home who's getting nuggets on the way home for their kids because I can't be bothered cooking dinner. And I don't shy away from that. I just, I think, you know, as we all know, social media can present us with all these images of people and this perfect lifestyle that we should, should be living. But I think the success I've, I've had on social media is because I've I've always, whilst I've evolved as a woman and my life has changed and, um, you know, opportunities that my job has taken me on or, or whatever, I, um, I've i still been upfront and presented with that very organic and authentic Sophie that everyone knows. Absolutely. I think that's something that really, really stands out about you and has because you've been in the space for longer than a lot of people. I mean, <clears throat> you know, sometimes people are like, oh, this Sophie has popped up out of nowhere. It's like, no, she's been yeah. chugging away since <laughs> 2013 before most of us even yeah. use the word social media. Even though there are lots of glamorous, beautiful, successful moments, it's clear that you make a very big effort to portray, you know, you and Bobby and Florence just having mm-hmm. fun at the playground or being yeah. Massive dags in your PJs and it's very endearing and beautiful that you yeah. do attempt to share that as well because that also costs you, you know, it's not easy to share all parts of your life and make that available to people. But no. I think it's very, very relatable and that's why 
A, I love this question, but B, it's a privilege for me to be able to share more of that side of people because it's not something that you do always get to see. Yeah. And I think when I meet people that I get very borderline fangirl, if not 100,000% fangirl about, (laughs) I too often like the thing that really reminds me that we're all human is that we were all kids once. We were all Mm -hmm. that you know, child that just wanted the best out of the world that had parents who loved them and that just, you know, were innocent before we get kind of overwhelmed by the the expectations of success and what's fancy and what we should do in life. So the first section is your way TA, which is where we go back to young Sophie and trace back through all the different pivotal moments in your life and the different chapters that formed who you are today that you don't often get an opportunity to talk about because maybe it's not yep. glossy or controversial or is, you know, newsworthy, but I think it makes up the fabric of, of who you are now. So take us back yeah. to young childhood, then Penley and Essendon grammar, like the fact that everyone yeah. had a school I think is hilarious. <laughs> what did you think yeah. you wanted to be? You know, what were your great ideas for the future? And then take it through mm. from there, like the Sophie Shaw chapter. Yeah, so Sophie Shaw was the youngest of four girls. So I've got three older sisters. I've got twins in the middle and then my older sister. And I look back now and, and we did, we lived a very blessed life, very sporting orientated family and my dad he worked in AFL for the majority of my childhood. So, you know, big Bombers fan over here. <laughs> Essendon Footy Club is in my blood and <laughs> dad was there for quite a long time. We saw a premiership there and, you know, being being very close family friends with the Heard family and the Lloyds and, and the Danaher family, like big Essendon names, probably something I didn't realise at the time was not common, mm. you know, to have Matthew Lloyd and James Heard over for dinner was just like a Tuesday <laughs> thing. But like now looking back, I'm like, wow, like, you know, what a privilege to have those opportunities and experiences with my parents' work. It's also something that's sort of taught me how hard my dad worked and how much my mum sacrificed as well, having him away a lot Mm -hmm. with four kids. Something now that I can only really understand the struggles that they would have gone through and the pressure of having such a high-profile job like my dad did. But mum always, you know, no matter how much dad was away, like I said, very sporty young girl and mum somehow, I don't know how, but, you know, dinner was always on the table, hot dinner, 630 no matter where I had netball training or camps away or I had to, you know, travel, I I never missed out on anything. So very, very lucky childhood. We didn't have, you know, whilst dad worked that, you know, super high profile sort of media job, we didn't have the best of everything. You know, we were still a family with four children and and kids are expensive and school is expensive and sport. (laughs) So, um, you know, I I didn't come from, you know, this super rich family or anything. Like I said, mum, mum gave up a lot to stay home with us four girls. And I don't know how she's still saying to this day, now that I've got my two. (laughs) I always knew from a young age that I wanted to be something big, but I wanted to step out of the box. And I always put that back to being the youngest of four girls. I say this quite a lot. I think I had to jump higher to be seen from such a young age with such a busy family and such an on-the-go family that, you know, it's second nature to me to to want to stand out from the crowd. And only recently, actually last night, I was looking through a lot of childhood photos and in every photo I am just doing something silly. Like I am just (laughs) making the ugliest face or I'm standing like this at like six years old and 
So a lot of people say, oh, where do you get your confidence from? And I'm like, honestly, I was born this way. And, yeah. and that's evident in all of the photos of my sisters and I, and I'm like, they're like, yeah. Like so. <laughs> I've actually heard you say multiple times, if everyone went one way, I would always go the other. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I see that. Like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that I wanted to be this outcast or this like I'm so different, but I, from a young age, I always wanted to be myself yeah. and I was always happy with whatever that looked like. And again, I, I really appreciate really eccentric people and people that want to dress, you know, in a certain way. And I, I always applaud their braveness. And I was certainly not that, you know, I wasn't stepping too far out, but I always wanted, if girls were buying the latest jacket when you're 14, then I didn't want it because everyone had it. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So it's just born. The only thing I can put it down to is, yeah, born in a busy household and I was always just told, you know, come on, Soph, let's go get your bag. So I was very independent yeah. from a young age. And again, I just had to be because mum was so busy with twins and an older sister that, you know, I was dressing myself, grabbing my bag and off you go. Let's go, go, go in the car, in the car, in the car. <laughs> but yeah, very sporty young girl and, and I'll touch on, which I, I haven't really actually talked about. I live with a lot of regret really? regarding my sporting career a lot, especially when things like the Olympics come around. I was a very, very talented athlete as a young girl. Now, whether that was athletics or netball, very talented, like always on the Victorian pathways, always, you know, I was, I was a Victorian shot foot champion at one stage, Stop which is so funny. It. That's the best. Yeah. Oh my gosh. These photos I was looking through last night, like gold medalist at state championships in like four by 100 meter relays and shot foot and triple jump. And then on the other hand, I was a Victorian netballer up until my late teenage years. Wow. Sort of until, yeah, which again, not a lot of people know. So I always say with sport, it sounds very big headed, but now that I've got my children, I'm like, I think you can recognize it or you can't. Yes. With sport, there wasn't anything I was really bad at. I was very hand-eye coordination, very fast, endurance, strong, and very athletic. And I just see now I'm like, oh, I just wasted so much talent when I gave that all away. Wow. My mum says it to me all the time that she it, it kills her to think back because she like I said she she was driving me three nights a week you know an hour drive to training three hour trainings and my whole sort of teenage years revolved around netball and then I hit that you know the age of 18 19 17 18 19 when you know I knew better and I wanted to go to parties and hang out with my boyfriend and I wanted to smoke cigarettes <laughs> and do what 18 year olds were doing and I wanted to I don't want to do that anymore, mum. And I look back now and I see, you know, the Australian netball team and I see my friends and people I played with in and out of these teams. And I just, I do, I look back and go, yeah, I, I could have been that. So that's tough. That's part of life, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, you learn and, um, in hindsight, I should have listened to my mum a lot more. <laughs> well, that's so interesting that you say that. And again, this is why I find this part the most interesting is because usually there is so much interesting and informative 
stuff that happens at this chapter of your life that no one bothers mm. to investigate. Like even when I was doing my research on you, it is so hard to find anything from pre-2013 because there's yeah. so much more yep. clickbaity material from later on in yeah. your life. But this is what I find relatable and interesting, that you had a whole sliding doors moment before you even turned 18 yeah. of letting go of yeah. one whole part of your identity because mm-hmm. other influences start to come in and whether that's not wanting the discipline of sport when you're younger, whether mm-hmm. it's wanting to party or whether it's sometimes it's parental expectations or your own inner expectations yeah. of it's time to get serious now, I need to find a job so I should mm. go to uni. There are many people out there who feel like they dropped a part of their identity and it can sometimes take decades to integrate that back into your life but often it's yeah it's in childhood where your true joy is and then there's this big mm. hiatus in the middle where we all let go of it for other things that turn out to be not what really matters so yeah how did you go from that into then choosing your BA in comms and media and then yep. going it was sport journalism after that kind of to bring the sports element back in is there a reason you didn't yeah, go back I to think, trying to play professionally? No, like I said, I struggled with ego a little bit as well around that age. I'd sort of given it up and I, you know, I'd sacrificed as all athletes do so much through those teams. You know, mm. there was parties I could never go to. I couldn't do this. I had to be up at, I had to leave this party early because I had to be up at nine o'clock on a Sunday for training. And and that's where at the end of the day, the sort of, the only thing that gives me peace is is being realistic and going, I just didn't have the mentality to do it. So I had the absolutely still believe that I had the talent to do it, but I think that is the line where real athletes are formed and that's where they continue. And in the, at the end of the day, I don't think I had the mentality to do it because I wouldn't have thrown it away. But yes, yeah, sport has always been such a huge focus for me. I do laugh when, you know, people say, oh God, you're dating another athlete. And I own it. I'm like, of course I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course I'm dating an athlete. I'm interested in it. Yeah. Like that is, I'm not. It's not by accident. No, it's like, of course I want to spend time with someone who participates in an activity that I get to go watch, that I, you know, we live similar lifestyles that I am interested in. Like that's not really, you know, if you are arty, you might date someone who else is arty. Musicians might date musicians. Like it's not uncommon. I'm like, yes, I I date an athlete, but I think the connotation comes from, the negative connotation sort of stems from, oh, you date an athlete because they're rich. I'm like, honey, I'm not dating a female basketballer for her money. I can tell you that much right now. Right now. We've already proved that theory wrong. Just do some research, yeah. look at the salaries, yeah. do the math. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not after her cash, the poor darling. She works so hard and women are just so underpaid in sport. But that's another topic. I mean, it's also not as though you're not a hugely successful multiple business owner in your own right. Yeah. Just well, by the by. I don't want any more Daily Mail articles, no. I can assure you of that. But, yeah, bringing that sport focus back into what I wanted to do and, and I take it back to watching Dad around footy clubs and I would see the likes of Tiffany Cherry, Christy Malthouse, all being broadcasters, you know, boundary riders or presenting in footy in these like male dominated spaces. And I was like, I want that. I want to be able to do that. Well, I know I can do that from such a young age. So yeah, it was bringing together passions of mine to go on to study sports journalism. Something that I really struggled with was getting pregnant. Well, I loved getting pregnant, but getting pregnant had to cut my degree short there for a while. So I had to step away from that. But in saying that, it's funny how we talked about the universe and how the world works. Like I found my way sort of back Mm. into the media space and 
Only recently I was having a conversation with someone about not being happy with what they were doing work-wise and we're having a bit of a heated discussion and they said, well, you're happy doing what you're doing. And I said, well, do you want the honest truth? I'm actually not because if I was genuinely doing what I want to do, I'd be at the Olympics presenting. I'd be on TV being a sports journalist. I said, I've had to adapt and sort of pivot my expectations to adjust to my current life and that's mum here with my two kids and that's now running businesses. I said, but if you honestly asked me, am I doing exactly what I wanted to do? The answer is no, because I still see myself presenting, hosting, you know, front and center, interviewing someone after a match. That's where my passion lies. So yeah, that I've always had the sport focus, you know, whilst I couldn't, my career didn't take me there as a professional, being able to incorporate it where I can is still a passion of mine for sure. And I would say didn't yet take you there because I think that's yes, one of the exactly. things that uh, my qu- the question that was forming in my mind and that now as you finish talking is exactly the thing I want to ask you is that so many people, particularly at this day and age, and you watching your children grow up in this generation would probably think about this mm-hmm. more than I do, about how instant gratuity focused we are. We want to find our passion and then we want to do that passion mm-hmm. right now. And your story alone is such a good example of the patience you have to have to build yourself mm-hmm. into that exact position of where you exactly where you want to be it doesn't happen because you wake up and decide you want to be a sports journalist life gets in the way things happen along the way like whether it's pregnancy or illness or moving or just the circumstances don't Mm -hmm. align I'm the same things didn't happen in exactly the timing I wanted it to but that's the beauty of life is that it doesn't and I think hearing that you always knew you wanted to be something big and that you still don't necessarily feel like you're that Thing yet is a reminder yep. that your path yay or like your journey to yay or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it your dream life is steps it's stepping stones yeah. it's not just like a destination you arrive at all these little steps that mm-hmm. you've taken from childhood to now are leading you towards that and you've got yeah. to learn to enjoy each chapter as it comes and not just lament that you're not exactly where you want to be right now because beautiful things have happened along the way And I think something that I've certainly learned, especially in the past few years and advice that I often like to give people is just because I'm not where I am now, it doesn't mean I'm not happy in my life, but the way that I've been able to adapt to change in my life has been crucial for my happiness at the moment. So I think, like you said, there can be such a focus on, I want to do that or I want to achieve that. And therefore I'm going to reach my you know, my end goal and I will be happy whether it's like, well, no, I'm not doing exactly what I believe I was put on this earth to do, but I'm doing some pretty cool things and I'm really proud of where I am. And I'm, I'm okay to be happy right now on the journey and I'm okay to pivot and go, you know, my life has taken a very alternative route than (laughs) I could have imagined five years ago. You know, I always thought for my 30th, I'd be renewing my five-year wedding anniversary vows and traveling around the Greek islands and None of that happened, (laughs) but I really am proud of my outlook on life. And again, that's something that has evolved as I've gotten older and just being fluid and adapting, like you said, to life. So many things are going to come at you. And I think as young women, especially, there's still this sort of, I do like to think it's changing and I do believe that, but still this sort of pressure on, you know, you do, you grow up, you go to university, you get your dream job, you meet the man. And you get engaged and you get married yeah. and then you have children and life is wonderful. Yeah. And life just doesn't go like that. And if it if it does go like that for you, 
amazing, but you also need to be okay if it doesn't, if it doesn't go like that. Totally. And so, yeah, like I'm really happy and I have hit some really challenging times, like really rock bottom times over the past couple of years. You know, I've been in situations I never thought I would be in, but I've always been happy because I've been proud of myself and how I've, how I've handled it and how I've been able to sort of look forward and just say, you know, this is, this is a step on my journey. And I actually don't know where my journey is taking me right now, but I'm okay with that Mm. as well. I think that's something that's extraordinarily inspiring about you. And particularly because you've had the added pressure of a normal person sharing and bringing like millions Mm. of people along every time you have one of these realizations in your journey is that, you know, people similar to the holding on to the destination thing, people have this clear idea of what their life wants to look like and can't, I think they find it very hard to pivot when all of a sudden your life doesn't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. And one of the quotes yeah. I always, you know, turn to when I'm finding that is that life doesn't often work out how you planned. It mostly works out better. And if you stick too mm-hmm. hard to the plan you have, you totally eliminate the possibility of a better plan arriving. Yeah, exactly. So you might yeah. not have chosen Bobby to arrive when you were so young, like if you yeah. if you had been able to pick, but by picking not having him, you wouldn't have known how beautifully all the ways that that pathway has enriched your life has turned out. So I think particularly given the last 18 months, letting go of holding so tightly onto your planned life, Mm -hmm. it's just like embrace the fact that it could turn out so differently and you've allowed yourself greater happiness than you probably would have if you'd stuck to just, I have to stick this through because I made a decision once five years ago. You know, you've really given people permission for their goals and needs in life to change. And I admire you so much for that because I'm sure it wasn't, easy. Well, I think on that too, the whole issue I find with a plan or with an end goal is there's no room for change of mind. Yes. You know, it's like a, it's almost like a policy, like when you buy a dress, like <laughs> do they allow you to change your mind? Can I return it? Change of mind? No. Like we are human. Like it is in our nature to one day like something and then to not like something. And, and that's something I've found people have struggled with on social media that, well, hang on, you were married though. Now you're with a girl. Wait, like, <laughs> wait, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we change our mind about, oh, I liked peanut butter toast and oh, I don't really like it anymore. I ate so much of it when I was younger. I don't like it. And it's like, but then when it comes to life things, they're like, well, no, you cannot change your mind. You know, how many people do we know that have gone to, I know so many people that have gone to university, have studied an entire degree only to get their certificate at the end and go, oh, I do not want to do that. Mm. And it's like, that's fine. Like why as humans do we put pressure on ourselves to know I can't change my mind because this is what I decided when I was 18 years old, so I'm going to stick to it. So there is no movement when you have an end goal. We can all have goals, but you need to be fluid and you need to be okay with it not you know, you need to be okay with your train track going like this for a while or, you know, even going that way completely. And I think that's why, like I said, I just can sort of handle anything that's thrown at me in life because I am able to adapt and I am a very big believer in the universe and I'm a very big believer in that there is something bigger there. There's always going to be something amazing and whether it's what you thought of initially or not. I love that so much. And I often, I think one of the questions I get asked the most is you worked in a career for 10 years that's nearly a third of your life and then you walked away Mm. from it like do you think being a lawyer was a waste and I'm like not even one percent nothing you do is a waste it might not have been exactly what you wanted to be doing but it will have always taught you something that you need for the next chapter and yeah 
like it it brought me to where I am today. So that time, like I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and change anything about that because it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was such an important part of the journey. So I, I think that's such an important reminder that you can change your mind at any time in your life. Yeah. But once you've made that shift, I think a lot of people just suppress it because they're scared of that change. Mm-hmm. So something I yeah. wanted to ask you, to anyone who doesn't know the story, I mean, firstly, take us through, you married Jared in 2016, yeah. you have two beautiful children and had a whole chapter of your life in that role and have now four years later four years after that your life took a very drastic turn which on the outside has been referred to as walking away from having everything and I'm sure caused an unbelievable amount of turmoil and discomfort but has then unlocked this huge amount of joy and happiness you're now Mm -hmm. with Maddie you co-parent in a way that just (laughs) redefines family I think in a world where people are struggling to adapt to things not looking traditional or the norm what advice do you have for people who are feeling either that way or in a different way that their old skin isn't fitting anymore Mm. and it's eating away at them but they're confronted by the the fear and, and perception of change and yeah. changing your mind. Like what do you say to other people in that position? Well, that fear straight up is just simply society pressure and that's something that I never sort of cowered down to. I Like I said, if everyone goes left, I go right. So I feel like people that write to me and they write to me every day, I have people, I'm feeling this way and it's nothing about sexuality. They just might not be happy in their relationship mm. or, you know, and they always say I'm scared. Yeah, and um, I always wow. say to them, you are scared, but you also know the fact you are bringing this to my attention and asking me this, you're waiting for my confirmation. Yep, go ahead. I can't give you that. You've already told me that that's what you want to do without even telling me, yeah. you know, like you, you haven't even realized it, but your decision is already made. Very big believer in gut and intuition. And this is sort of thrown around and it's quite, you know, can sound quite loose at times, you know, trust your gut, but I truly believe that that's what it's there for. I think, you know, I listen to her so much and I've become so in tune with my body. And if I'm anxious about something and however that's being expressed in my body, I know it's because of, you know, I can sort of track it back. And so it's really being in tune with your own body and being aware of, like I said, if you're reaching out to a stranger on the internet, asking for (laughs) advice because you're not happy in your relationship, you've already answered yourself there as well. So it really is, again, there's so many loose phrases thrown around, you know, don't listen to anyone, don't care about others' opinions. And they are very easily said, a lot harder to do, but removing that whole set social narrative for me was crucial in my decision, not bringing anyone else into the decisions that were made in my life for my benefit and for my ex-husband's. You know, we came to these decisions together as a couple and as two individuals months before we even told friends, family, like completely. So when we announced that we were separated to our families, there was a bit of shock. Oh, my God, you know, like, no, don't don't give up yet. And (laughs) it's like we we had made our decision because we didn't feel the need to get clarification or or validation of anyone for those decisions too. So it, it really is removing that pressure of like, why are you scared? What is that fear? If your only fear is perception, criticism, opinions, like I wouldn't have done half the stuff I've done if I cared about every opinion there was of me on the internet, you know? (laughs) So you've really got to find a place inside you where you back yourself. And I I always say in life, you have to back yourself because no one else will. Yeah. 
And whilst you can be surrounded by so many supporters, at the end of the day, if you're not backing your own decisions, then, then why would anyone else? So for me, it's important to come to a decision on your own. You know, you can reach out to advice, obviously use that support, social support network around you. But like I said, if you're feeling this way, like you, like you said, you want to shed that skin, a part of you, I believe, has already made that decision yeah, as well. That's so wise. Yeah. And if it doesn't scare you, then it's not worth doing, I don't think, because on the other side of that fear, what I've learned is absolute, a beautiful life that, you, like you said, that you might not know have ever existed. Yeah. But also be willing to make that mistake as well. Don't be scared of having regret because you know what? You can make a decision, whether that is work relationships, like anything, and you are allowed to change your mind. We go back to that change your mind. You can make a choice to leave a relationship. You can make a choice to leave a career, change uni degrees. You are also then allowed to go, you know what? I stuffed up. I'm going to go back. I did yeah. like that. Yeah. The grass wasn't greener and that's okay. Yeah. But it's this pressure from society of people going, oh, see, I told you she'd go back to her law degree. Yeah. Who fucking cares? Like <laughs> what, that one line, that's not going to impact your legal degree to totally. law career. <laughs> I think about that all the time. You know, I always tell people, are you scared of failing? Or what if I promised you you could fail and no one would hear about it? And suddenly yes, they're like, exactly. I, I wouldn't care. I'm like, well, there you go. You're not scared of failure because you yeah, know that that's, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, that's not a reflection on your worth. It's only a reflection on people's perception of your worth. And that's the same mm -hmm. with any decision in your life. I think once you realize yeah. it's only a perception thing, then what are you really scared about? Mm. Yeah. It's so much easier to confront when you realize, oh, I wouldn't care if no one could see. In which case, just yeah. remind yourself, most people aren't really looking anyway. And the ones yeah, who are exactly. just... They only have time to do that because their own life is lacking. So, <laughs> And I think for me too, like the criticism that I know has come, you know, you always know that people say this about us, people say that, but also what I've learned through life is everyone also, whether they share it or not, they've also got their own things going on. Okay. Oh, so, absolutely. you know, when it came to Jared and I were separating, you know, straight away, you're like, oh, you know, what are, what are other couples going to say about us? I, without them even telling me, I know we are humans. Everyone has their own issues, whether that's a relationship issue, they're having an identity crisis, they're having financial struggles. Everyone has something, mm. okay? So now I'm very aware that when I see, you know, oh, no, shock horror, big public breakup, I don't even care who they are. I just feel for them because I know what they've gone through, regardless of what the Herald Sun is reporting, it hasn't been an easy experience for them. Mm. So you know, everyone has their own challenges and, and that's how I've sort of got through all of this with a smile on my face is because, yeah, life isn't easy. And if life was easy, I think it would be quite boring as well. Oh, absolutely. And definitely when anyone looks back on their own journey, it's not the smooth, fun, happy times when any kind of growth happens. I mean, those times are wonderful, yeah. but you can't look back and go, I really grew through that chapter. Like I became a yeah. better person. It's through the shit times that you, yeah. it causes you to become a better version of yourself because you grow Absolutely. a strength that you never had before. Mm -hmm. And I also think if anyone is ever concerned about your life, like firstly, it's got no impact on them. Another quote I love is don't take criticism from people whose advice you wouldn't ask for, which is most yeah. people. You don't care about yeah. their advice, so you shouldn't care about their criticism. But also mm. I don't even know them and I feel like your kids have been taken along on this journey and are so loved and you mm -hmm. have the most functional family of most of the families I know. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like anyone has been, you know, it's just been a, a beautiful, beautiful outcome, which I'm sure you've worked incredibly hard for. Do yeah. You do and your I, post? I, yeah, no, yeah, go for sorry. it. Go for it. Go for it. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we got a true Yeighborhood exclusive. Sophie had to take a quick break to post the very first announcement of her brand new book. I was going to cut this bit out originally, but we decided to leave it in so you could share in the raw excitement of such a special and intimate moment of putting her news out into the world for the very first time. What an absolute privilege to share in this moment of yay with her in real time. I think I had goosebumps for about 25 minutes straight. You'll probably be out of hear it. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy watching it all unravel, but first a quick break. A quick break to share a recent yay maker of mine from the legendary team at GHD. You guys know I start to bang on a lot about the things that make life easier in some way, but you will thank me for this one. GHD has seen me through the dead straight years, the beachy wave years, and now the fun entrepreneur years with the launch of their new GHD unplugged cordless styler that has portable power and performance. I have literally found myself driving from public toilet to public toilet before trying to find somewhere with a PowerPoint when I'm rushing between events and having a bad hair day. But luckily for everyone, those days are now over thanks to this travel-friendly handbag hairstyling hero that's a serious game-changer. It's not only USB-C chargeable and compact enough to fit in your handbag, it also has the same powerful performance of your regular GHD tools, maintaining that optimum 185 degrees for styling so your hair is heavenly and healthy. You can discreetly touch up through the day for that good hair day confidence everywhere you go. So much yay! Available in the best salon, selected retailers or ghdhair.com. What's happening on my fucking door? Oh my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> Alright, here we go. Maybe <laughs> it doesn't take too long to load. Oh, I don't, I, I'm just, do I write coming soon? I haven't really thought about this very much. I always just say stay tuned when I'm like CBF giving you any more information because yeah. I don't know what it is, but like just buy myself some yeah. time. <laughs> well, I was just going to write, hey, mum, I'm an author or something like that. <gasps> yeah. Such a good one. There you go. Book. Yeah. I like that. Hey, mum, I'm an author. That's cute. <laughs> um, book. Oh, now my struggle is which book emoji do I use? Mm. I love this so much. I just like emoji instead of book. Oh my god, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Oh my god, shut up. Oh my god, it's out. It's out. We've gone three minutes early. That's okay. Oh my god. Oh, I should have edited that to say coming soon. I am so privileged that I was here while you put up this announcement post. This is so special. Oh my gosh. I literally launched mine in stage four. So there were like oh. no bookshops open. Yeah. There was oh, no, no oh, anything. No, it would have, did it benefit though because everyone was home and had a lot more time? Yeah. 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 And people's appetite for reading was so much stronger. So it was sales wise, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Realize like kind of actualizing the experience. I was like, did my mum just print those at Officeworks and give yeah. them to everyone? <laughs> like, how did they get out into the world? <laughs> That's so funny. <gasps> Oh my god. I love how much thought goes into the book emoji. I'm the same. Yeah. It takes me like five okay, hours. I'm like, which emoji? Which one? Okay, it's done. We're done. We're live. We're live. Oh. <gasps> We're live. Okay, I'm not I can't even ask you anything else before we talk about this because this is so special. <laughs> I do want to come back to co-parenting first for your for your purposes as well. So I can send you this video yeah. in like six months. You have just released some very exciting news out I to know. the interwebs. Oh my god. What is it? I actually don't know. And if give I'm us about a real to- time. 
How do you feel? I don't know if I'm like, I think I'm going to cry again. Oh my God. Yes. Oh I'm my just, gosh. You should. I just announced my first book. I'm an <gasps> author. I've written a book. My book is called Then There Was Her. Oh, and it's a memoir gosh. about a woman whose life took a turn on the journey that I've been through over the past few years. And, you know, whilst I've done many of these podcasts and, and interviews, this book really goes into a lot of detail about sort of what's been going on behind the scenes. Oh, my God, my heart is racing through oh, my chest. It's so... been a very, you know, I wish I could sit here and say, yeah, I've launched a book, it's amazing. But it's also been a really difficult process and that's why I'm getting a bit emotional now because, you know, whilst I am happy where I am now, at the end of the day, life did take a turn and life took me somewhere where I could never have imagined that it took me. I've seen some terribly dark times, which I talk about in the book, which, you know, are not shared on the grid on Instagram all that much. Mm. But it, it, it deals with, it's a very empowering book. It's a very passionate book. It's a very sexual book. But there's a lot of heartbreak in that book too. And there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of disappointment. And I actually have a chapter written by Jared, my ex-husband, which I haven't read. <gasps> I haven't read it. So until the goose, but can you see those hairs? Yeah, I know. And I'm just, oh. I spoke to Jared after he'd finished and he really struggled. He really struggled with it. And that broke my heart. Oh, I'm going to go. Um. I'm like already like oh my god <laughs> yeah and we, it was a it was a really tough but really beautiful moment because we came together and we discussed how hard it has been for each of us to write it but I think there's so much beauty in that as well because it's clear to to us how much we both still mean to each other and how much our beautiful family wow. and and how much love we will have for each other forever and you know that's a message I want to to push you can see you know this beautiful co-parenting family that you know a marriage that might not be together out of a lack of love there's so many different things that happen in marriages which I do discuss in the book a lot of intricate details which um, neither of us have ever spoken about and the challenges that wow. being so young and as parents that we faced that yeah we had to revisit so there's a lot of sadness but I'll tell you, I sent Jared a text actually about an hour ago before we started this and I said to him, thank you for always supporting me. And he just said, you know, you don't need to thank me with a love heart. And he's just, oh, you know, gosh. he's such a huge part of my journey and he will forever be such an important role in my life. And I do. I I am really excited about life and I'm very fulfilled right now and I'm, you know, the future, the unknown future is, is magic, but I do, I live with it. There's a lot of sadness and there's a lot of heartbreak when you love someone so much and life just doesn't go that way. So, but I just have announced a book. Oh my God. <laughs> I have goosebumps as if I just released my own yeah. book. This is like, I, I just feel so extraordinarily privileged to be here with you right now sending out there's a massive vulnerability hangover over announcing that you're sharing something yeah. like that and to even open yourself up to the process alone yeah. to write those things down is cathartic and yeah. traumatic and therapeutic like it's so many different things yeah. and I think one thing that doesn't come across as easily on social media mostly driven by our own shorter attention spans for what we consume you don't get to hear as much longer form thinking mm -hmm. from people about 
not just about who they are, but what they think. Mm-hmm. Like you, we were just talking about discussing themes here rather than just events in your life yeah. that you can go and hear about elsewhere. Yeah. And something I love about this show is the ability to just share how articulate you are. Mm-hmm. You are so eloquent in the way that you honor your experiences and convey what you learned from them but also extract the message to share with others and I can only imagine in a book form what ripples you're going to create for other people out there who are experiencing the same heartbreak or similar heartbreak and regret and disappointment as well as the highs yeah you know it it, it was real therapy I think and I actually found myself getting really emotional sort of after every single session I would do writing. Like I said, I had to revisit and it wasn't just to do with Jared. It was other relationship breakdowns and and having to say goodbye to people along the journey in my life that, you know, you, you let go, you know, your marriage is done. And so you start dating and you fall in love and you create this whole life with someone else. And then that's gone too. And then that's gone. And then I was going back to, oh, my God, well, why did I in my marriage, if this is what my life is going to be like, did I make a mistake? So there's a lot of years there of questioning myself and have I made the right decisions in life and really just, yeah, but but at the other side too is this beautiful, empowering, like I said, passionate Sophie who has owned all of that as well. She's not afraid of criticism. She's not afraid of public pressure She's never going to, you know, cower down to public pressure. And it's certainly not a case of this is what I did and and you should do the same because, you know what, I fucking hate those people online. I hate <laughs> those people. I don't think anyone can tell anyone what to do unless it's my doctor telling me you need to take this tablet to be better. <laughs> it's more just sharing an experience and the lessons I've learned, a lot of which I didn't even know I'd learned until I was revisiting them and writing them, wow. processing them again and confronting them as well. I didn't realize how much I'd suppressed over the past few years. I didn't realize how much heartbreak I was still dealing with over certain situations as well. But, you know, we talked about before your experiences along the way and how they shape you. I've learned too, like the beauty in relationships, but relationship breakdowns and how you can look back and be really disappointed at how somebody treated you or maybe not proud of how you treated someone else. But every single person I've had in my life, I still love. I hold a love for every single person that I've shared a part of my journey with that I'll never be able to remove. You know, I look back and I'm at peace now with a lot of things that have happened in my life and I'm on great terms with everybody from my past life and I can now appreciate every single thing that I've taken from that person to, to build me into who I am and to help shape me, further shape me into who I am too. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot about my childhood in this book as well, the Sophie I was when I was younger, the mental health issues I faced when I was younger that I probably didn't realise how severe they were until I'm now an adult. Yeah. So a lot of learning in this book and a lot of truth, a lot of truth. There are things in there I've never ever spoken about publicly and I even mean to like my mum wow you know about childhood things things I suffered things I experienced and yeah all of it has shaped her now which is me so funny thing about the storyline is though that I came up with this title about two three years ago and I always knew exactly what I you know wanted to write about and then there was her was was actually a woman that I met around the time I was having a lot of you know, identity 
challenges and, and struggles in the marriage. And I fell in love with this woman and she really did change my life. And so then there was her, was initially her. But what I discovered oh upon writing the book is that it can actually, I feel like her can be defined, can be a symbolism for three different things. It can be her, that woman. It can be the sort of symbolism of a female, as in her, as in my sexuality, or it can actually be her as in me and who I've discovered I am now later in my life. So again, the whole book was a learning curve for me along the way. I've had goosebumps for like 11 minutes <laughs> straight now. This is extraordinary. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I, you must be so proud and nervous, nervous fulfilled yeah. and excited. Yeah. And I think the vulnerability hangover of being so raw mm. and open about things you've never even vocalized. Yeah. And I often find sometimes the first time you write something down is the first time you've ever seen it outside of your head. Mm -hmm. That's so scary. And when you write it down to it, it becomes real. It becomes yeah, real. Yeah, it's like final. Yeah, I was just thinking that and now it's real. And I, oh God, am I actually telling people that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you really do represent to me someone who embraces vulnerability very well. Mm -hmm and sees how much sharing that vulnerability gives other people permission to do the mm. same. And like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you didn't wake up one day knowing you would have the audience that you do, but you use it so beautifully, I think, yeah. to share these chapters. I mean, most people, it's unusual. And, you know, a couple of life generations ago, they'd laugh if they heard that people would get pulled along mm. on the ride of your life so intimately. Yeah. But that is you know, what's happened. And I, I'm so excited for you to put this out into the world. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I am excited, but I'm, I'm very nervous. And that that's, makes me human. Have you always wanted to write one? Yeah, I have. And to be honest, I've been approached quite a bit by publishers to write a book. And my business partner at Keisha, she said to me once, I don't want to write a book unless I've got something to write about. And so I took that yes. from her and I'm like, yeah, I, I do agree with that. So yeah, I have had quite a few offers to write a book and I'm like, what would I write about? What Instagram? Like the, I wanted it to be really meaningful and powerful and to have a purpose. And sort of my life had fallen into a stage when the publishers reached out to me and said, we'd love to have a meeting with you. And I said, yeah, I think, I think I'm ready to talk about a lot of stuff now. So again, wow. we go back to universe. Timing. Yeah. Yeah. And how long ago was that? What has your, so you said it's about three quarters finished, so it's not ready yet, but we'll be able to pre-purchase. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got to do all the legalities and can you say this and can you say that and yeah. you know, <laughs> editing and all of that. But no, it's been well and truly probably an 18 month process from start to finish <gasps> now. So yeah. Good secret keeping. Yeah, <laughs> Not many people know too. Like my family didn't know until I just posted the cover in our group chat and they were like, wait, what? What's that? And I'm like, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And what kind of writer are you? I mean, obviously your background is in journalism, so writing yeah. is not new, but I'm I feel very, like. <laughs> I'm a very emotional writer. I can tell you that right now. Oh my goodness. You know, and very graphic, like I, I do, I don't shy away from anything. I, there's a lot of, you know, sexual experiences in there and that, that was part of me learning about my identity as well and talking about my yeah. first experiences with women and my different experiences. I am a very vocal, very sexual person and, again, I own that. And so I sort of loved writing about that side too because, again, there's 
what I've learned with the conversations I have with a lot of males and females on social media is there's a, there's a lot of people out there that fantasize about a lot of things and, oh, no, I could never make that happen. And I'm like, well, absolutely, yeah. you can. It's your life. You can make anything happen. So, yeah. But I, I needed it to be, you know, nothing with me is ever fabricated. Nothing with me is ever, ever generated for social media. Like you said, I invite people to come along on a journey and if they want to join, they can and so the book is that it's as Sophie as you're going to get. It's very graphic. It's very in detail and I don't shy away from, from much. So I'm very, I'm excited, but like I said, I'm human. I'm very vulnerable in this book. And so it does come with a lot of nerves as well. I love that description. As Sophie as you're going to yeah. get. <laughs> Have you found that I, I'm really interested about how much, I mean, you mentioned, of course, there's been so much daily mail coverage yeah. of, the separation and then your repartnering. And honestly, if you just looked at it from social media, you would think that you met Maddie and then you and Jared broke up yeah. and then you were in love with Maddie and then everything was smooth yeah. and there was nothing in between. Yeah. Like that's literally how it comes across, yeah. which already in this conversation we know is yeah. like firstly the wrong timeline, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. definitely not how it happened. How did the process actually unravel for you? Like did you come out? Mm -hmm. You know, some people are finding the whole concept of coming mm -hmm. out to be redundant now because a lot of people's sexuality is fluid. Yeah. There's no big coming out moment. Mm -hmm. They just don't identify as one thing or, or yeah. another. But the media likes to label things. Yes, they they all like to neatly box yeah. things up. How have you responded to when people have done that? Are you like, that's not me, I didn't come out, yeah. or I, I'm – you know, do you label yourself? Yeah. How has it played out for you? On that note with the book, there was a period there where there was a timeline of like, here, back, oh, there, then there was her, then there was her, then there was her, then there was her. So that's all clarified <laughs> in the book for starters. Oh, that's yeah. good. For that alone, we should all buy it just to be like, okay, got the chronology. Yeah, yeah. You'll get the clarification <laughs> on timelines, yeah. But yeah, like there was, like I said, you know, the media will pick up whatever they wish, but there have been some very important people who have shaped my journey along the way that perhaps, you know, I was going to say fortunately, but unfortunately, but probably fortunately for them hasn't been given the media time that it probably deserved. And again, I speak about these people in the book. For me, it wasn't so much of like, oh, I'm coming out now. I'm a lesbian because <laughs> I don't even think I say that right now. And again, it sounds a bit wanky because, you know, I don't like to say cliche things, but some things I say sound cliche, but I really don't label <laughs> myself because I am in a relationship with a woman right now, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels, I, I kind of want to be able to say I'm this, but then I'm also not like this whole labeling. I think it removes that. Like I said, the importance of being able to change your mind. So yeah. I've joked with friends, you know, I've joked about this with Maddie, with Jared, like, if Maddie and I didn't work out one day and, and maybe I started dating a man, I'm like, oh, my God, can you just imagine the bloody headlines? Of, she <laughs> oh was God. lying. She wasn't a lesbian after all. She went back inside the closet and she's locked yeah, herself in. I'm like, oh, God forbid the day I get a boyfriend or something or Jared and I got back together or something. like. Oh, my hell. God, don't even. Yes. It would break the yeah. internet, actually break the internet. We would not be able to log on. <laughs> But again, that I feel like labels, you know, they do they do prohibit you from that change of mind. And and I have some very out and proud, gay as gay can come friends, and they own it, and they are able to label themselves, and they are happy, and they are proud. I'm not able to do that, 
because I just, I don't really know. I'm absolutely certain I'm in love with a woman and we live a life together. We have a beautiful family together and we have incredible sex. So clearly I am that way inclined. <laughs> yeah, the girls. <laughs> yeah, I am that way inclined, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I am in a lesbian relationship. I'm in a same sex relationship. But then that question comes, people go, but hang on, you're married to a man. And I'm like, oh, God, shock, horror, I changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So I do think this whole, this next generation, and I I do believe the younger generation on social media having such a powerful impact, you know, with TikTok and stuff, with owning that LGBTQI plus community and owning that Mm. fluidity. And it's beautiful because we're we're sort of slowly eradicating that, well, what are you? Now we're seeing you know, young people saying, oh, I don't know, I just think both. And it's like, cool, awesome. We're not seeing that mm. judgment. We're not seeing that criticism. We're not seeing that, wait, hang on, are you this or are you this? And that even comes down to gender as well. We're seeing this beautiful acceptance of non-binary folk and sexuality fluidity as well. So I'm happy to not label myself. I've got a hot as fuck girlfriend and I'm in love and <laughs> that's what it is. I, I love women. I certainly adore women now and if anything I'm definitely sexually and emotionally attracted to women a lot more than men now but no I I don't feel the need to put myself in into anything at all because I just I'm I'm me and I I love Mads I love that I love though that also you just take the piss and have a great time with it like the other day you two were like I don't know what you were doing having a cute date night in your pajamas or something and the first word was lesbianist I was like oh I love this. Yeah. I love this so much. Like that's the only time yeah. I've seen you wo- use lesb anything yeah. Yeah. on your whole page. I was, <laughs> was a, a little pun. bit drunk and I was like, I think I'm going to regret this question. <laughs> Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. No, no, no regrets. But it's funny that like it, I've, what I've found is some things I've experienced along the way is like not direct homophobia but things like I've had people say, okay, enough, we get it, you've got a girlfriend or you're a lesbian. I'm like, what? wait, sorry, what? They're like, oh, you always post photos <laughs> with Maddie. And I'm like, of course I'm obsessed I with her. I yes. love her. She's hot. She's my girlfriend. We live together. But I was like, hang on, if this was a guy, you wouldn't be criticising me. So, like, indirect homophobia and, like, people's insecurities and what they're uncomfortable with certainly comes out because I'm like, people post with their boyfriends and husbands all the time, but I post with my girlfriend and all right, all right. And it's too to much. Yeah. Like, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, so. Oh, so funny. Well, I also realized speaking about Jamies and Keisha, we yeah. haven't even spoken about your multiple businesses. So yeah. <laughs> can we quickly touch yes. on your career? Because we got a bit lost in there, but you know, you, as I mentioned, you did start the Young Mummy blog mm-hmm. in 2013, so very, very early entrant and formative entrant of the landscape we're in today. From there, you've gone on mm. to start three businesses. Yes. So Keisha, Fairy. Fairy Magic. That's a little. Fairy Magic. It's got a little yep. bit quieter now, Fairy Magic, because Keisha's just expanded beyond what we could ever have imagined. And I've recently bought into uh, a Boda head Boda. salon in um, Mooney Ponds. So that's, that's very exciting. Right. And I am... We're having a little bit of a setback with COVID at the moment, but I was supposed to announce a new company that I've worked on as well for about 12 months. <gasps> but yeah, we're just seeing a few delays at the moment with COVID, as a lot of companies are. So that'll take me to four, which is really exciting. Very busy, very chaotic, but also good. <laughs> like, you know, like I said, that's how I've always envisaged my life. My life was always busy. My life was always reaching for more and what more I can do. And 
and also again I I just this whole change of mind theme is like sounds like I've planned it but I haven't but that change of mind theme <laughs> comes into this as well because it's like I'm only 30 I want to try different fields I want to see where I can grow my talents or what I'm good at and I'm okay of you know fairy magic at the moment has gone very quiet and that's not because of poor business or lack of product it's because Keisha is just completely taking over right now and that needs all of our love and all of our energy so yeah I like learning again if you asked me a few years ago if I'd be in business I'm like what why would I do business I don't know anything about accounting or money but so much more (laughs) to business in the landscape that we live in now and I love learning and I love bettering myself so yeah Keisha um that's my baby and we are, you know, we're in a really great position now. We went from launching, you know, one pair every four to eight weeks in our first year to now, I think, if I'm to be honest, I've got about 16 sets ready to go for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> oh you know, we've got, a, we've got a market there and there's a demand for it. And, you know. And we live in them right now, I mean. Yeah. Is there any better time? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> We've seen a huge increase across biz- in business with loungewear and sleepwear, which is brilliant. I'm like, stop making sleepwear businesses, everybody else on social media. <laughs> but no, I'm really oh, lucky. Well, there's got- clearly enough room for everyone yeah, at the moment. Exactly right. <laughs> but I've got an incredible business partner, incredible marketing team, great staff, and Keisha. It's really, we're going to see, you know, we've seen a huge jump in the past 12 months and in the next 12 to 24 you know, our forecasts are looking, yeah, we're going global. It's going to be great. Right. <laughs> oh, how exciting. Gosh, I've, I've loved that this theme of changing your mind has emerged today. Yeah, good. But that's what I mean. See how by discussing something and processing and sort of critical thinking and like seeing how our brains work, we've been able to like learn. I've like learned something from this conversation, this discussion. Yeah. Me too. Me too. This is my dream job because of that. I get to learn something new every day. And I think it couldn't hit at a better time where people are not really coping so well with the change that's been forced on them. It's hard for people to perceive that as a good thing because it, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It never feels good at the time. But I think the best skill that you can have to future proof yourself in the world that's moving faster and faster and faster every year is the ability to change your mind constantly. And to not yeah. worry about that or lament that you don't have certainty and stability because, like, that's no longer yeah, necessarily what you Yeah, and not fear it, to get not through. fear it, but to also be excited by it as well. Yeah. Yeah. In the last 18 months, the quote I use over and over and over again is, when nothing is certain, anything is possible, which oh, is terribly that. scary yeah. <laughs> but so exciting. Yeah, I love that. Well, just quickly, the last section is related to a question I'm dying to ask and I feel like a lot of other people will be wondering, do you ever get tired because you are doing so many things? The section is called Play TA, which is all about your identity outside of what you do because we mm-hmm. all, we introduce ourselves, our name and our job. It's never our name and what we love to do or mm-hmm. what we do in our spare time. And when we're children, we make time for wasting time because mm-hmm. It's pleasure and it's joy, but as adults, I think we need every minute to be productive and that's where you get stale, you get burnt out and you Mm -hmm. lose the enjoyment of this beautiful life. And I don't think anyone's got to their deathbed and said, I wish I had less fun. Yeah. (laughs) Ever happened. So what do you do? You mentioned date night with Maddie, but what Mm. do you do for yourself that is just for fun? It doesn't matter if it's a waste of time or you spend hours doing it, but what's your, your play? 
I think, you know, I'm a mum, so anything to do with my children really is my downtime. It's really nothing exciting, but I talked about playing footy earlier on in this, but yeah. in the past sort of month, I think, I've actually given that up and, and playing footy was such a huge part of me. That was where I was able to completely escape from social media, glitz, you know, phones, talking, whatever, and just go to footy, like just be a normal person. No one ever cared who I was. You know, everyone's accepted at women's footy clubs. So no one ever gave a shit where I'd come from or what I'd done. The occasional person was like, oh, nice lipstick because I'd come from shoot <laughs> or something. But it was where I could just really go and be Sophie. But now I, I've had to, well, I made the decision to finish that chapter of my life because I now have kids who are involved in sports too. So my son's basketball on a Saturday morning, Florence is dancing and the joy that just going and like phone in my bag and just being so present, watching my son run up and down a basketball court with a smile on his face or watching <sighs> Floss wave to me back in the gymnastics window. Like parents out there would know the pleasure that that gives you is greater than anything that I could do myself anyway. So, you know, it was hard to sort of say goodbye to sport because that's like the last sort of competitive sport that I'm playing currently and to to close that, but then to open it up to just some really good solid one-on-one -on -one time with my kids away from work, away from school, away from phones is beautiful. But another thing too, I know that I have the privilege, I suppose. I actually read something funny on social media. It's like, how do I get more time with my kids? And someone wrote, divorce their dad and you get every second weekend free. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. It's so funny, but it's actually true. So I'm very glad. <laughs> that I get every second weekend with just Mads and I, and I get probably two, sometimes three, depending on our schedules during the week. Like Jared and I have alternative nights and stuff. And then every second weekend. So I have multiple nights a week where it's just Mads and I, and then every second weekend. So really using that time to just be a 30 year old in a relationship as well mm. has been really important. And it's not that I forget my kids, you know, as a mum, you never forget your kids ever, <laughs> but I have that, that ability to just, you know, whilst couples and, and I know I was married, finding date night when you've got the kids 24-7 is really difficult. So having the opportunity to get that much time with just Mads, mm. you know, I, I get to go back and be a 30-year-old in, you know, honeymoon stage in a relationship. And so we're really, you know, Mads is very busy with her work and her basketball commitments. So we're, you know, really trying to make the most of that quality time just us two as well. I think something beautiful that you've done on the flip side of that as well that I read about, I think you posted about it a couple of weeks ago, about you taking the kids on solo holidays with mm -hmm. them and how yeah. you and Bobby had a, just a mummy-son trip. Yeah. Yep. That is just treasured time. Like you yep. will never be that age again. And yep. I was mentally taking notes. When you're a mum, do yeah. what Sophie does. Like, be a legend of a mum. Yeah, well, I, a, a lady that I played footy with in my first season, she was in her 40s and she had four kids and she would take the kids, same thing. on. And so I took that from her. She would take her 16-year-old here and then her 18-year-old here and the 12-year-old here. And I'm like, that's brilliant because, like I said, we go back to that really busy, chaotic childhood that I had. You know, I felt, you know, it wasn't poor Sophie, but I was always just being dragged along to everyone else's things and, that one-on-one -on -one time. So I took that from her. And um, so for their fifth birthday, 10th birthday, 15th birthday and 20th birthday, I promised that I would take them on just an individual trip 
of their choice. So Bobby fortunately chose Japan. Florence is she's looking like we're going to Dubbo or something at the moment. We're not going, <laughs> yeah, we're not going the milk very bar. far. <laughs> we can't go five Ks, but we'll go somewhere fun. Yeah, so, Werribee Zoo. Yeah, <laughs> when lockdown opens. <laughs> I know the poor darling, but I'll make up to her. She 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 doesn't go without, so she'll be fine. Oh, they're the cute. But yeah, I can't wait. Ever. I can't wait to create that experience with Floss as well. I do. I love Jared, and I even do it with the kids sometimes. You know, we're very flexible with our nights, and it's like you have boys' night, we'll have girls' night over here, and giving them that <sighs> one-on-one time is really important to us. You know, that Japan trip. As much as, you know, Bobby, we talk about it all the time. We bring up Japan memories, but it did so much for me as a mum to be able to, to give him that opportunity and that experience. Oh, that's beautiful. And it, honestly, every time you say I'm 30, I'm like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> like, how have you squeezed that much of your life in? <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, but then I get scared because I'm like, I'm 31. I'm 31 in like a month. And I'm like, oh, just sort of like downhill from here. I'm like, no, my next, my next birth- but I feel 20. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I yeah, feel totally. 20 and I'm like, oh, my next big birthday is 40. I'm like, woo. <laughs> well, go back and listen to last week's episode. The yeah. woman I was talking to you about, Diana, is 72 now. Yeah. But she did her Cuba to Florida swim at 64 and she wow. has redefined age for me. Yeah. Like I totally turned 30 and was like, oh, my God, it's over. Like yeah. it's absolutely over. Found and now I'm like, you're peaking in your 70s, yeah. baby. Yeah. Like- <laughs> 70s and you're 20. Oh, wow. Well, second last question. Three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversations. Okay, so I actually did prepare for this because every time I get asked this question, I never say the interesting things. I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay, so mum took me to see the movie Walk the Line, the one about Johnny Cash when I was young. Yeah. I love Johnny Cash. I love all of his music and it's so random that sometimes I play it and I put it on one time when Mads and I started dating and she was like, Johnny Cash walked the line and I was like, oh my God, do you love Johnny Cash too? And so like we've got Jackson, Meant Walk to the be. Line, Ring of Fire. Fucking love those songs oh so much. Oh my God. Yeah. So random. I love it. So random. But I just, I loved this movie, Reese with a Spoon, and I can't say his name. Beautiful what, movie. His, Joaquin like, Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I was like, is that it? Joaquin Phoenix. Great movie, but just the music. And so um, I have a Johnny Cash Spotify playlist on my phone. Oh my God. It's also like not our generation. That's amazing. No, not at all. And it's really random because I like a lot of like, you know, R and B music or like heavy like dance music, and then I've got like Ring and of then Fire just Johnny and Cash. <laughs> yeah. In the Amazing. Another one of mine is oh, I suppose it's not that not people don't know it about me, but I'm a very and we're seeing an increase of it. I'm a very spiritual person, so I'm a very mm-hmm. like sensual. I'm very open to. I recently, when I was over in Perth for work, went to a nude yoga workshop. <gasps> And amazing yeah and it was incredible and it wasn't you know people like oh my god what people bending over their bum holes are in front of you I was like no it was about female sensuality and there was there was women there from all walks of life and I love being in those moments where there is absolutely zero judgment so I was in a room with like 20 naked people ranging from 18 to I think the oldest was 64 possibly or 54 and all different shapes and sizes now I'm talking Big, tiny, fake boobs, pregnant lady, hair, no hair, every form. And there is so much, there is such a bigger picture in those moments. And it's about just connecting as humans, what you can learn about yourself in those moments, 
So I'm very into workshopping like that. I'm very into discovering things about your sexuality, your sexual nature, your pleasure. And again, I talk about this a lot in the book too and how I don't think as women that we, like, why do we shy away from that? Why have men for so long been able to speak about these things? But as women, it's like we're crude, we're vulgar, we're we're sex addicts. Again, it's human nature. And Mm. however you want to express that, whether it's minimal or as much as you want. So I, I follow a lot of female sex therapists and sort of feminist pages on on social media. And I really believe that, again, I'm open to my life pivoting. I believe that my life might take me on a journey that way. So I see myself hosting like hippie nude workshops and, you know, like it is vulnerable. I walked into a room of 20 women. I didn't know who was there that followed me or who didn't follow me or, or whatever, but the trust that you have in those circles. And I did, I had three women come up to me after and just say a very quiet, you know, love you Paige. So great to see you here. And it's this beautiful mutual respect of, I knew that things I shared in that circle or things about my body that they saw or whatever weren't going to end up on the Daily Mail. This whole empowerment that you get from those trusting circles is really beautiful. And I need a third one. What is a third (laughs) one? I've talked about sex. Now my brain's... (laughs) You know, I'm like, oh, I'm lost. Maybe the third one everyone has to get from your book. Oh, that's a great one. They have to come back to me and tell me something you learned about me. That is a good one. Yeah, and they should send it to you. I didn't even pay you for that marketing and you just dropped it in there again. That's brilliant. That's what I'm here for, gal. (laughs) Very last question, what's your favourite quote? So I've quoted other people quite a lot in questions like this, but again, something that I've learnt and discovered over the past few years, and I have it on my website now, is simply just make moves. And for me, it's not about making this big move and, you know, spending all this money and and invest into this. It's just simply asking yourself, what are you doing today that's going to benefit you tomorrow? So it might be the tiniest move that you make. It might be putting something in your calendar to, I want to reach that goal. But it's, it's always doing tiny little steps to work towards what you want to achieve. And so you know, we can revisit talking about before that I still see myself on at the Olympics broadcasting for Channel 7. What am I doing today? What work am I doing right now? Which is something like this, like speaking on a podcast, doing media, training myself in, in interviewing. What am I doing that's going to get me there? So is to always be making moves. I love that so much. And that's just a full circle back to our baby steps chapter yeah. thing from the beginning. What a yeah. beautiful way to finish. I Thank know. you. That was great. So much. This was such a beautiful conversation and I can't wait to read the book. I'll pop a link to the pre-purchases in the show notes and Thank I can't you. wait to see what the next few weeks brings. Thank you so much for having me. That was so beautiful. I will never underestimate what a privilege it is to have people like Sophie trust me with their story and their identity and this chat just reminded me of that so much. I know how special it is the moment you announce your book and I'm so, so grateful that I was able to share it with Sophie in real time. That was just absolutely crazy. I still have goosebumps from it. The internet really can be so quick to judge someone and just flatten every aspect of their depth and the many facets of who they are into one headline or a few dot points. So having some 
someone give me an entire hour of themselves to then share with you to take nuggets out of their story is such a pure joy. I've popped the link to pre-sale of Sophie's book in the show notes for you, as I'm sure many of you will be as keen as I am to get a hold of it when it's out. If you enjoyed this episode or had as many aha moments as I did, please take a moment. It just takes a few seconds to share and tag at Sophie Keisha underscore to thank her for her openness and her time. I can't say how much that means to help growing the neighborhood as far and wide as possible. And thank you all too for giving me the same. It means so much that you spend your time listening in each week. I couldn't do any of this without the neighborhood and I value you all so much. So sending all my love. I hope you're all looking after yourselves, going gently through this crazy time and finding ways still to seize your yay.